Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew will continue on in the Bible series from the book of Isaiah with this message entitled, Our God's Great Banquet. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Isaiah chapter 25, verse 6. Now here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your ancient plan. We thank you for bringing that plan to fulfillment. For in the midst of time and in the fullness of time, your son came into this world, took upon himself human nature. He lived and he died. He lived in behalf of us and he died in behalf of us and as a result there is a great feast for all the poor for all the needy for all the afflicted for all the oppressed and you are inviting people from far and wide to come to the mountain Mount Calvary that they may eat and they may drink and be satisfied. O God, feast is spread. You prepare a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Our cup runneth over. So, O God, thank you for the feast. And we pray that you help us to continue Feasting on the lamb that is slain. Our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Hallelujah. We are well provided for in your son Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, we pray that you help us to trust in him with greater faith. And those who never humbled before your son. Those who never trusted in your son. Grant mercy to them also. That they may come as humble people. As poor people. As afflicted people. As oppressed people. As hungry people. As thirsty people. And may they also taste and see. That the Lord is good. For we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Isaiah 25, 6-8 On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. A banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers All nations, he will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. Our God's great banquet. In this chapter, Isaiah 25, we read of a banquet 
prepared by the Lord Almighty for us, his guests. As the Lord of history, Jesus Christ brings to utter ruin the city of Babylon, which represent every proud nation. But in Isaiah 24, we read, not only he has destroyed Babylon, but he lays waste the entire earth. See, the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. He will ruin its face and scatter its inhabitants. It will be the same for priest as for people, for master as for servant, for mistress as for maid, for seller as for buyer, for borrower as for lender, for debtor as for creditor, no respect of persons. The earth will be completely laid waste and totally plundered. The Lord has spoken this word. So we are told not only Babylon, but the whole earth is seen as the city that is arrogant. And he comes to lay waste to it. And in chapter 24, verse 20, we are told why he is doing this. The earth reels like a drunkard. It sways like a hut in the wind. So heavy upon it is the guilt of its rebellion that it falls never to rise again. The fate of Babylon is also coming to the entire earth in God's just judgment. Then in chapter 25, our God prepares a feast for the poor and needy, for his people, for those who trusted in him. What a feast. This is our God's great banquet. Blessed are those who are invited to this great celebration of the triumph of Jesus Christ. We consider, therefore, four things in reference to this God's great banquet. The host of this banquet. The place of this banquet. The guests of this banquet. And the feast itself. So let us look at the host Verse 6, on this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast. So the host is the Lord Almighty. He is the Lord of hosts. As the Lord of hosts, he destroyed the arrogant world city. The enemies of God are judged and punished. For the guilt of its rebellion. So the world city falls never to rise again. And the people of God around the world praise him for his triumph over all his enemies. Turn with me to the 24th chapter and beginning with verse 14. They raise their voices, they shout for joy. 
they are the people of god they are the elect of god <clears throat> from the west they acclaim the lord's majesty therefore in the east give glory to the lord exalt the name of the lord the god of israel in the islands of the sea from the ends of the earth we hear singing glory to the righteous one god does all things god saves and god judges god does all things for the praise of his glory this lord almighty having defeated all his enemies now reigns supreme in zion turn to the last verse of 24th chapter the moon will be abashed the sun ashamed in other words the the glory of moon and sun compared to the glory of the king the lord jesus christ will be abashed and ashamed for the lord almighty will reign on mount zion and in jerusalem and before its elders gloriously many peoples jews and gentiles who believe in this god are pictured in the 25th chapter as pictured as coming to this mountain mount zion as we read in chapter 2 of isaiah now raised as chief among the mountains the believers are coming to the triumphant king enthroned in mount zion and we read about this in the 52nd chapter of isaiah let me read to you from verse 7 and following how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news who proclaim peace who bring good tidings who proclaim salvation who say to zion your god reigns having defeated all the arrogant and the proud and having defeated the arrogant world city he reigns listen you your watchmen lift up their voices together they shout for joy when the lord returns to sign they will see it with their own eyes burst into songs of joy together you ruins of jerusalem for the lord has comforted his people he has redeemed jerusalem the lord will lay bare his holy arm the sight of all nations and so on so that is the picture the people from all over the world god's people they come having heard the good news your god reigns so the lord almighty is the host of this great banquet the lord triumphant is the host the destroyer of death is the host the lord of miracles is the host 
So turn to chapter 25. O Lord, you are my God, I will exalt you and praise your name. In perfect faithfulness you have done marvelous things. Same word that is used, wonderful counselor. God accomplished salvation by performing wonders which he, the wonderful, alone can do. And not only that, you have done marvelous things planned long ago, which is the same as counselor. He is wonderful, he performs wonders, but he is also the counselor. He is the God of design. He is the God of plan. He doesn't do anything off the cuffs. He plans it from all eternity. And here the believer is singing that God has done marvelous things. He accomplished redemption. He judged his enemies Things planned long ago, he has brought to pass. So the Lord of hosts is the host of this banquet. He is wonderful. He is counselor. He is mighty God. He is everlasting father. He is prince of peace. He is king of kings. He is the Emmanuel Who is this host? He is Jehovah, the God of the covenant, the God who purposed to redeem us. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will provide salvation for us. He is Jehovah Nissi, God who is my victory, my banner. He is Jehovah Shalom, God who is our peace. He is Jehovah Shama, God who is there. He is Jehovah Tzitkenu, the Lord our righteousness. He is the El Shaddai. The kings of Israel provided a great feast at their coronation. And you read in first chapter, first Kings chapter one. Even so, this great king, the son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, provides a great feast at his coronation, having triumphed over all his enemies by his death on the cross. As the great host, he provides everything. You bring nothing. Salvation is by grace through faith plus Nothing. Secondly, the place on this mountain, verse 7. He will destroy the shroud. On this mountain, verse 6, the Lord Almighty will prepare. So it is on this mountain the Lord Almighty prepares a feast. It is Mount Zion. It is Jerusalem. It is Mount Moriah where the Lord provided a ram for Abraham for sacrifice in place of Isaac. It is Mount Zion that is now raised up as chief of the mountains of the world. The feast is provided on this mountain. It is Calvary's mount where Christ was lifted up on the cross. And he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And he is drawing 
all men from far and wide. And they are coming. They come to the feast on this mountain. No one who is saved is saved outside of this place. Outside of Calvary. Saint Paul said he determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He is the bread of life from heaven. Which when anyone eats shall live forever. The place of feast is also the church of God where the gospel is faithfully preached. The gospel of the cross of Calvary. There is no feast, there is no salvation outside of Mount Calvary and outside of the church of Jesus Christ. Now third, let us look at the guests for this banquet. Who are the guests invited for this divine feast? Chapter 25, verse 4, you have been a refuge for the poor. A refuge for the needy in his distress. A shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. So, who are invited? Oh, poor and oppressed and the needy. They are those who sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. They are not the proud. They are not the rich and they are not the self-righteous who have ready excuses not to go to this great banquet. You can read Matthew 22, 9 through 14. And you will notice the invitation for a great banquet was sent, but many rejected. But certain other people came, whosoever. Who is hungry? Anyone who is needy and thirsty. The poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. They are sinners and know they are sinners. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. And St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1, Not many of you were wise when God called you. Not many influential. Not many of you of noble birth. But God chose the foolish, the weak, the lowly, the despised, the things that are not. The big zeros of the world. He called and they are coming. And turn to chapter uh, 25 and verse 6. On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. All peoples, all nations, Jew and Gentile. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 6, Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. And here St. Paul is telling us in Galatians chapter 3 this glorious statement beginning with verse 26 you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek 
slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. They are coming from far and from wide. Whosoever believes shall be saved. And we were invited to, and by God's grace we came. Today, if you hear my voice, the host, the Lord Jesus Christ, is inviting you too to enjoy this great feast he himself has prepared on Mount Calvary. And when you feast on it, you will live forever. And now the fourth thing. Is the great feast. The feast the Lord Almighty prepared is the best. To the despised of the world, He gives the best of meats and the finest of wines, the most nutritious, the most flavorful, the most tasty meats, and the best of wine too. Full of bouquet, most pure, most precious, most powerful, most joy-producing. For the wedding at Cana, Jesus provided the best wine. Let me tell you what it is. It is the Holy Ghost wine. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit Oh, it is the Holy Spirit of God that satisfies us and gives us joy. Fruit of the Spirit, joy. Hallelujah. Best of meats, best wine. The truth is, He Himself is the best food. The truth is, He Himself is the best wine. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provides, provides himself. He provides the best which is out of this world. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. For the hungry, for the thirsty, for the sinner, for the poor, for the afflicted, for the oppressed. For the despised. For things that are not. He who knew no sin. Eternal God incarnate. He is the feast. The Lord Almighty prepared. On Mount Calvary he prepared. For Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. The prodigals of the world are invited to this feast. Sinners are invited to this feast. The psalmist says in Psalm 22 and verse 26, The poor will eat and be satisfied. The rich he regularly sends empty away. He calls everyone who is thirsty and hungry. Turn with me to Isaiah 55. Where the invitation is sent out. And here it is, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. 
Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Hallelujah. <laughs> Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David and so on. What do you think this food is? Yes, it is Christ our Lord. But when you look at chapter 55 verse 7, we are given an understanding of what this food will do when received by faith. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. He for he will freely pardon. So what is it? It is the fullness of forgiveness. Free pardon. And what do, what happens to you when you come and by faith eat and drink, you are given full pardon. And then look at verse 12 of chapter 55. What does this do to you when you receive from God fullness of pardon, full forgiveness? We are told you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills, the nature itself will join with you, will burst into song before you, and so on. Oh, God is inviting the oppressed and the miserable, all those who are weary and heavy laden. You come to the feast, and you eat the feast by faith, and you go out with joy, liberated. Hallelujah. What are, what's, what are our needs? Let me tell you what our needs are. We people don't think about it. When you say, what are your needs? They talk about this need, that need. No, our needs, number one, forgiveness of sins. Number two, the gift of God's righteousness. And God in Christ provides this rich food consisting of full forgiveness and God's divine unimpeachable righteousness. Let me tell you something about this feast. When you eat it, these are some of the things you will experience. How do you eat it? By faith. Turn with me to chapter 25 and verse 9. In that day they will say, surely this is our God. How did that happen? We trusted in him and he saved us. That's how we appropriate this feast which God has provided. We trusted in him and he saved us. He forgave all my sins. He gave me the perfect righteousness. That is what it is. And when you believe in him, these are some of the things you experience. First, complete justification. Then, that means who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? 
Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life. He's at the right hand of God. And he's also making intercession for us. Oh, there is the glorious truth of double transaction. Christ took upon himself our sin and our guilt. And then he gives to you his perfect righteousness. Hallelujah. Well, I I think that's a pretty good dish, isn't it? Enjoy it. And second, there is the dish called adoption. God has made the rebels, his enemies, sons and daughters of God. We are heirs of God, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. St. Paul says, all things are yours in Jesus Christ. The everlasting favor of God is now resting upon us. The curse has been taken away. We are blessed indeed. We are sons and daughters of God. Eat it. Enjoy it, you see. Bon appetit. Think about these things. Number three, we are the elect. We begin to discover that. God in love chose us to salvation in eternity. There was no time. God did not love us. He loved us from eternity. And will, he will love us to eternity. His love for us is everlasting. Therefore, he chose us. His love is everlasting. Drink that pure wine this morning. Number four, union with Christ. The mother of all doctrines, high doctrines. We are chosen in Christ. We are one with Christ. We are married to him. He is the vine. We are the branches. This is an indissoluble union. God hates divorce. He will never divorce us. When Christ died, we died with him. We were buried with him. We were raised with him. Because he lives forever. We, because of this union, will live forever. When he ascended, we also ascended with him. We are also seated with him. Who is seated on the throne as king of kings. Eat that best meat. And have strength for your soul. And what about security? Jesus said, him that cometh to me, I will never drive away. I give him eternal life and they shall never perish. Nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God. Your name is in the book of life. He will never erase it and nobody else can get into that book and erase it. You looked for your name, but you didn't find it. But I invite you to trust in Jesus Christ and you will find your name indelibly written. Security. Number six. Oh, this amazing privilege of communion with God. Hmm? You can approach the throne of grace with boldness. We can have communion and fellowship with him. He is in us. We are in him. We can pray to him. He speaks to us in the word. We are being led by the spirit daily. He is in the midst of his people. I am your God. You are my people. He is Emmanuel. God with us. We are not praying to the air. We are praying to the living and true God. 
And this God is in the midst of us. Even now speaking to you. And you are speaking to him. You are hearing his voice. Through the voice of the preacher you hear God. Oh number seven. We are people of hope. (laughs) We are a people of hope. More feasting is coming. The fullness of feasting is still awaiting us. A hope that will never make us ashamed. He's coming again. At his second coming we'll be raised from the dead. We will all be transformed. Without sin in a redeemed body. We live with him in the fullness of joy. Without pain. Without weeping. Without sorrow. For the cause of all fear, tear, and sorrow has been taken away. Let me read to you verse 7. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people. Shroud is a metaphor for death. The sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. By his death on the cross, Christ destroyed death forever. He who believes in Jesus Christ shall never die. He always lives in God's presence, having crossed the realm of death and having emerged in the realm of life forever. And he did this on this mountain. On this mountain he will destroy death. On Calvary's mount Christ destroyed the shroud of death. He swallowed up death. In Canaanite mythology There is a God called Mot, M-O-T. In Hebrew it means death. God Mot. And this God Mot was pictured as the great swallower. So, the mythology says, do not approach divine Mot. Lest he put you like a lamp into his mouth. Psalm 49 and verse 14 says, Like sheep, they are destined to the grave, and death will feed on them. Death is pictured here as one who feeds and feeds and never satisfied. The wages of sin is death. Nobody can escape the grip of death. Death swallows up. Like a snake swallows a frog. Alive. But what God is saying in Isaiah 25 is this. But this death has been swallowed up. Destroyed by the Lord Almighty. Jesus Christ. By his death on the cross. He destroyed death. St. Paul tells us our Savior Jesus Christ by his appearing destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
And so he writes in 1 Corinthians 15, death has been swallowed up in victory. The swallower has been swallowed up. The sting of death is gone forever. For Christ Jesus has fulfilled the law. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. No longer death reigns for us. For us grace reigns. For us Christ reigns. Christ the conqueror of death. He reigns and we reign with him. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. And look at verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12. Therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way death came to all men because all sinned. Look at verse 14. Nevertheless death reigned. Underline that, reigned. Nevertheless, death reigned from time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam. Look at verse 17. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those Will those who receive God's abundant provisions of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life? (laughs) Turn to verse 21. Oh, let me read from verse 20. The law was added so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned, sin was reigning, death was reigning, In death, so also what? Grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I just told you, death has been swallowed up. No longer death reigns over us. For us Christ reigns. Grace reigns. We reign with Jesus Christ. And this feast is a celebration of his victory over all his enemies. And look at chapter 25 verse 8. How long is his victory over death is going to last? He will swallow up death forever. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, he destroyed death forever. We shall not die again. Jesus said, because I live, you will live also. And not only that, in the Hebrew, when you read this verse 8, the sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. The idea here is the Lord Jesus Christ coming to each person and wiping the tears away. And then he goes to the other person. Wiping the tears away. Like a mother wipes away the tears of a weeping child. Jesus Christ in great tenderness comes to wipe away your tears. He removes all our shame and disgrace. The next verse tells us. Sin was our shame. 
And he removes it. Look at that. He will remove the disgrace of our people. You see, people who are unbelievers, they parade their sin. They glory in their sin. But sin is a disgrace. Sin is a shame. I hope that we can get shame back into our culture. In olden days, people had shame. And a girl gets pregnant without marriage. It's a shame. And if you live in Sacramento, you will send her to New York City to the old aunt over there to take care of. But today, there is no shame. Sin is shame. And the only one who can remove that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And here we are told he will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. He has dealt with our disgrace once for all. So what do we do now? We celebrate. We sing. People are coming from all over the world to the feast singing. Look at verse 1 of chapter 25. Oh Lord, you are what? Now it's very important. Two letters. My God. My God, they are coming from far and wide. Oh Lord, they are singing. You see, this chapter can be divided. Chapter 25, 1 through 5 is singing. 6 through 8 is the feast. 9 through 12 is singing again. Singing. Because God has done something on this mountain. There is singing. So what do we do? He's my God. He is my refuge. Look at chapter verse 4. You have been a refuge for the poor. A refuge for the needy in distress. A shelter from the storm. And a shade from the heat. You are my God. You are my refuge. You are my shelter. You are my shade. They'll go out with joy. <laughs> singing. And look at chapter 25, beginning with 9 through 12. Look at verse 9. In that day, they will say what? Surely this is what? Our God. So there is individual singing and there is congregational singing, you see. This is, they all came one by one to the foot of the cross. And now there is a big assembly of people. They all are singing. What are they saying? Surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. What do we do? We celebrate in his celebration, in his triumph, in his defeat of all his enemies. And above all the enemy called death. We trusted, he saved. Isn't that wonderful? We trusted, he saved. And the word for salvation there is Yasha. And we are going to celebrate Christmas. You will call his name what? Jesus. For what? He will save his people from their sins. That's why his name is Jesus. Nobody else can save anybody. And how does he save? By his death and resurrection. Now you are wondering, how can I partake of this feast? Oh, it's very simple. What must I do to be saved? What's the answer? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall be saved. 
Verse 9, therefore, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. Have you come to him? Have you come to the feast? He invites all people and all nations. Whosoever. He invites you today. Are you poor? Are you afflicted? Are you needy? Are you wretched? Are you blind? Have you tasted the food the Lord Almighty has prepared? He who trusts, tastes. Why do you spend money for that which satisfies not? I pity you if they eulogize and say he was a great golf player. That he took 75 cruises around the world. The question is, have you trusted in Jesus Christ? His feast is free. Now what do you call this thing? You bring your food and I bring mine. What do you call This is not potluck. <laughs> See, A to M bring meats and, and N to Z bring salad. It doesn't work here. The qualification is what? You bring nothing. Isn't that wonderful? And you bring nothing, what you get? The best. The out of this world. Without cost, without money. No man can pay for it. It cost the death of Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you, if you come to him, his mighty hand will rest on you to save you. The hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain for salvation, in other words. Now, suppose you say, I don't want to come to him. And the vast majority of people, they refuse to come to him. They say, we have, I just bought a field, I just bought five oxen, I have other business to do, and finally I got married, that's it. We have important things. And this is just At the bottom. And we don't need salvation. Such people. They don't need salvation. So they are arrogant. And they refuse to come. But I want to tell you. What's going to happen. It's very interesting. If you refuse to come to this feast. Prepared by the Lord. On the Mount Calvary. His feet. Shall rest on your neck. Let me read to you. Because it is. It is vulgar language. Holy Spirit is using. Interesting language. The hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain, but Moab, representing the arrogant nation and arrogant people, will be trampled under him. The feet will rest on him. Either you experience his saving hand, or you will experience the pressure of his trampling feet. And not only that, Instead of the best of meats and the finest of wine of divine banquet, you will experience the judgment of the abundant of manure. It's an amazing language. In fact, Isaiah pictures the arrogant swimming in the sewer, trying to save himself by self-righteousness. You will swim in the sewer of misery, despair, as you try to save yourself. And the chapter ends by saying, the arrogant shall be humbled, 
and the Lord Almighty shall be honored. It's going to happen. Just believe. So come. Singing nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Though millions have come, there is still room for one. There is room at the cross for you. Come and taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come and taste full pardon. Come and taste perfect righteousness. The gift of righteousness to you. And you shall go out with joy. You come with misery. With fear. With all your sin. With all your guilt. And you taste by faith. This great divine banquet. And then you go out how? With joy. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Hallelujah. Whether you are a believer. And you heard the word. And if you are interested in. Tasting and eating of this divine provision with greater hunger and want to drink this divine wine that makes your heart glad and say, You know, I thank you. (laughs) I thank you for God's provision. And if you never trusted in Jesus Christ, I urge you this morning. To hear the voice of invitation by the Lord Almighty, who is the host of this great banquet. There is no discrimination. Whosoever, whosoever, come. And him that cometh to him, he will in no wise drive him away. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we pray. That you help us to say, we trusted in him and he saved us. Lord, you saved us. We were the rebels. We were the self-righteous. We were swimming in the sewer. We were the people who felt the touch of your feet. But thank you, O God, for bringing us to this Marvelous place of great feast. Hallelujah. Come, hallelujah. And we came. And we came because the Father drew us and the Son drew us and the Holy Spirit drew us. And we came. And we are eating and we are drinking and we are singing. Hallelujah. We trusted and He saved us. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, presenting this message from the Bible series on the book of Isaiah. Come back soon for more Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.